Hello. This is More Talk, Less Rock, ASMR. I didn't sign up for that. I don't hear anything <laughs> in my headphones. If I plug it in over here, it works. Okay, plug mine in over there. All right. Please. And thank you. <laughs> Please. Please. Mm. And thank you. Please. Oh. I don't know if that's crackle. a show tune, but I feel like it should be. Crackle on the right side. Crackle. Probably. I think there's. I think I Are need headphones to get, get my. No, I think I need to get my ears professionally cleaned. Yo. Okay. Can we do that? I don't know where you could. Do you want to do that as a group yes! activity? I like. Well, like, maybe not necessarily the same time. No, but I think if, we I have wanna, to do like, it together now. You just said, can we do that? So I think well, that's. I just say that because I, too, have been wanting for a long time to see if I can get my ears professionally clean. But I literally don't even know where you would go to I do that. I think you can just go to the doctor. I'm pretty really? sure my mom has had her ears flushed before. How do you go to the doctor? Well, in this country, you don't because the insurance racket is What's a, a doctor? I don't have insurance right now. I don't know her. Alrighty, let's get into it. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Lauren. Uh, we play music together under the band name Coping Skills, and um, if you couldn't tell, we just like bullshitting with each other more so than playing music. So, uh, <laughs> you know sometimes when you're in a band and you record music? Well, this is us being in a band and recording everything that's not the music. <laughs> this is More, more Talk, talk less, less Rock. Like I was telling you earlier, yeah, I think I'm going to get real Rivers Cuomo this year with my songwriting style. Not in terms of the types of songs that I'm writing. Oh, thank God. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> you thought. Yeah, uh, you, you, yeah you, you didn't elaborate on um, what exactly that means. Well, because like, I just get fits of fragment ideas floating through my brain mm-hmm. as opposed to having such a, a sit down and work every day approach and I'm, I'm trying to make those two things meet in the middle and mm-hmm. like sit down and actively work at it so that when the ideas do naturally flow I have more of the skill set to properly utilize those new ideas mm-hmm. but it because of the way that I just sort of allow things to happen I'll have um, like ideas written down in notebooks and I'll have voice memos on my phone and then I'll use Evernote on my phone to have different notes and like individual ones for every single new little yeah something on like december 31st or whatever i made a new document in evernote and i'm doing like dated journal entries for every time i start working on something so they're all in one document and i could put like voice memos in the same document but because it'll all be in evernote i can also like search you know for like keywords evernote if you would like to sponsor this episode uh or any episode of or any episode please reach out we would love to have you we really love everything that you do for More us. Talk less rock at gmail.com. <laughs> but you know, I like I don't want to get all Excel spreadsheet on it. Surprise, I know. Or <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You like kind of love to get all Excel spreadsheet on it. <laughs> but like you know, cause what what does he do? He has like different themes and different keys that stuff are in, and different whatever. So Who is he? Is this Rivers Cuomo? Rivers Cuomo. Okay. This is we're, we're bringing. So you back. we're going we're going back back to how this is relevant to Rivers Cuomo. Yeah. Okay. Because he does the spreadsheet thing where he keeps all of his ideas there and like looks for missing links to put together. Right. You don't know about this? No. Really? I've never heard about this. Oh, this is like this came up 
a year or two ago when whatever their newest album was came out. And he had talked about having this spreadsheet, essentially, where he puts all of the ideas that he has for songs and like riffs, lyric ideas, keys that they're in. Like anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he goes to write new songs, he will go to this document and like try to put the pieces of these different ideas together, which I guess is sort of what I'm doing in a Word document format, but it's it feels less it's the same idea um mathematical in long form than it yeah. does in like literally dividing everything out well there is something about a spreadsheet that just makes something feel kind of i do love a spreadsheet <laughs> i do love a spreadsheet it's it's a very analytical format yeah exactly and i don't think i can think about it that way but I'm, a document just allows you to be a little more free form with it i'm approaching the precipice <laughs> yeah but i do like the idea of like being able to bridge that gap between just like uh, working whenever the inspiration strikes and actually, like, scheduling out time to, like, sit down and, like, try to make something. Yeah. So you can, like, keep all those ideas when inspiration strikes together and then have something to go back to when you want to actually sit down and, like, actively spend time trying to put those pieces together. Elizabeth Gilbert has a really good TED Talk about that. Mm. About well, She talks about a, a lot of really great things. She's the author of Eat, Pray, Love. But she talks about... um. <laughs> How genius used to be, like, way, way, way long ago. Genius was this thing that lived outside of you, was, like, separate from human. And when people did really exceptional things, it was, like, you have a genius. It's not, like, that you are. Mm-hmm. And so it really it, – it works in two ways because it allows you – well, it doesn't allow you to take all the credit, right? So if you do – if you have a really, really great idea, it's not all – you you have to be thankful for this other thing that has come on to you and and helped you do it but if you fall short of those expectations if you don't do the best thing and the most brilliant thing then you can like blame that thing on the outside without having it like exactly it's not all about your own failures right but she also talks about how um you have to show up every day and you have to do the work and you have to put in the time toward your craft so that when genius or the muse or whatever it is arrives you're ready for it and like you you're able to access it and tap into it and like be able to put it in motion I guess she she talks about um being in the process of writing some book where she is just like having a furiously hard time and kind of looks up from the desk and is like listen you know whatever you are I showed up today and I did my job. So like you need to show up. Where were you? And do your job. <laughs> like you can't say that I didn't do what I had to do and what I was supposed to do and what I was meant to do. Yeah. And I think she also talks about I would have to go back and listen to it again, but maybe Leonard Cohen who like I think it was Leonard Cohen was driving one day and an idea of a song was coming to him and he had no way to like write it down you know what I mean or like Mm -hmm. record it and so he kind of just looks up into the sky and is like listen if you really want me to have this you will not give this to me at a time where I can't do anything with it you know what I mean so either just take it to someone else who can actually keep something with it yeah or or don't bother me you know or come back later I do really love that concept of like sort of personifying this like 
like inspiration or you know genius or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. and sort of yeah making that a whole separate entity yeah one that you can like interact with outside of just like your head and like talk to it and like i really like that i've been trying to concept to tap into that a lot more because i not only do i think it is it great in the way that it takes off the pressure of you having to already have this thing inside of you Mm -hmm. um but for me it makes me have to show up and do the work while i'm waiting for it to pick me (laughs) for a moment yeah and i think about uh that a lot too about how like i personally have experienced like you know even just thinking of ideas for songs or like parts of things and like not really having the toolbox within myself to manifest that idea into anything tangible or anything that I can actually like do anything with yeah I guess me putting the work in would be you know practicing and and getting my skills up to a level where when that inspiration does come back again I have the ability to actually take it and and run with it as opposed to just like agonizing over it and like letting it die when I can't feel when I feel like I can't actually like bring it to fruition yeah it's like spending more time with your instrument so that when a melody is popping into your head you already know how to find the notes that you're hearing Mm -hmm. versus like having way less of an awareness of of your instrument so that you're fumbling over trying to find note per note what you're hearing Mm -hmm. and that's always what I found incredibly frustrating about just like songwriting in general yeah is is that whole concept of not feeling like you have the ability to take your ideas and and do anything with them I'm definitely going to go back and watch that it was a TED talk that she did yeah Elizabeth Gilbert TED talk I actually you know how I heard about this how I was watching Taylor Swift's Tiny Desk, <laughs> and she talks about it. She, Is she really? Yeah, she said that when she is having a really hard time in songwriting, she will watch that video, and it will like help her yeah. feel better about it. And so I was like, okay, I'm curious. <laughs> it is great. It's like definitely something I now keep in my back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I love that. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, if Taylor has a hard time, then like we can have a hard time too sometimes. Right. It's okay <laughs> to have a hard time. Okay, have a hard time. <laughs> well, since we started this episode talking about the perils of songwriting, mm-hmm. um, I think today is the perfect time to introduce a new bit. Yeah, I love a new bit. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about. Um, our music now. No. Which way. is kind of wild. That's a thing that we haven't really done in depth yet, as we love to talk about ourselves. Yeah, we do start every episode mentioning that we play music together. Um, but since we are a tiny baby band, most of you probably in the, haven't in the grand heard scheme our of themes, music. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not that we are babies, but that we are not a very active band, and most people do not know that we exist and play music. But we have actually been going for a little while. A good and five like, years. A good five years. Um, and honestly have put out more music than a lot of bands that have been around that long. That's true. It's not a thing that I really internalized for a while. Sure. But there are a lot of bands that I feel like I've heard of for a while. And then like three years later, it's like putting out our debut record. And you're like, and it's like, ah. oh. <laughs> we did that in a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, maybe that was misguided, but we sure well, had fun doing it. To each their own. Yeah. Anywho. This is uh, like the E-True coping skills story, mm-hmm. our 
I like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the theme song to this very podcast, which is uh, called I'd Rather Not, parentheses. Yeah. You know, for the search engine optimization. Exactly. That clearly comes with the word, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's a song off of our 2018 record, Worst New Music. Ever heard of it? <laughs> on all streaming platforms. Uh, and we're going to talk about it a little bit right now. Well, let's start at the beginning, shall we? Yeah. I think it's a very good place to start. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I actually wrote the bass line to this song. You did. Which kind of is the only melody that exists in the song. Mm -hmm. um, and it was something, I don't know how long ago it was, but it must have been 2017 at the latest. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was going to be a guitar line, and I would sit in my room with the Boss RC1 looper that I had at the time. I wish I had a loop pedal again. It's really time. You can get a loop pedal again. I know, when money exists. But mm -hmm. uh, I would sit there, and I would I would play the bass line, and then loop it and try to write over it and it was really hard to figure out what to play over it especially because i'm not a bassist mm -hmm. um like you didn't know what the guitar part should be right well because like at the time when you did that you didn't even did you even really think about it as the baseline did you know it was the baseline or do you think it was just like another i was kind of on the fence mm -hmm. like i even if it was just a guitar line i knew it needed to have something thicker over right. it um to fill it out and i'm sure at one point i switched over and was like oh this is just the bass line that's what it's going to be and i'm going to put some chords over it yeah and instead of coming up with something entirely different i was kind of just like eh, fuck it we're gonna use the same chord progression as the follow the bass exactly <laughs> yeah why make it harder you don't have to and i think that's almost more uh, or just as important in songwriting as as knowing where to take something further is knowing when to not and when to you know just have things do the logical thing you don't always have to make it something weird Totally. And then you started programming the drums for this. Like you came up with bit, the yeah. original idea for how the drums should go. I do. Yeah. I feel like I wish I could like go go back and figure out what I was doing with that. Because it's probably in like the little drum machine. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that I have that program in there anymore. Gotcha. Yeah. But I do remember like fucking around with that and like trying to work something out to whatever uh, the demo was that you would come up with. Yeah. Uh, for just the guitar and the bass. Speaking of, I was going through my, I have like a folder in my Google Drive mm -hmm. of old voice memos because I just live. I should do that. In voice memos. Yeah. It's like when you lose a phone, you lose so much information. Yeah. Um, so I try to keep them. And Yeah, I that's a good idea. I found one that is titled asterisk internal screaming, but screaming is in title case and internal is not. Asterisk. <laughs> like internal screaming! No, not capitalized. It's like internal oh, I... capital S screaming. Oh. <laughs> it's a it's a proper it's noun. Like title case, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't know when it's from because it was saved in my phone as February 26, 2018, which means it had to have existed before that. Because that was when I got a new phone. Okay, so let me let me play for you. Asterisk internal screaming asterisk. Okay. Sounds the same so far. <laughs> There's the screaming. There it is. <laughs> it's not even a screaming so much, it's just like, I. 
Yeah. Well, that's the eyeing that you, you know, put in place when you're writing a song and you don't know what the words are going to be. Yeah. I, like, had a melody for the chorus mm-hmm. and I didn't know what should be filled in. Like, that's without even chords underneath it. That's yeah. just playing the whole bass part. And, you know, as we were talking about not knowing when to push it and when to make it easy, mm-hmm. there was a moment when writing the song where I was just like, fuck it. It's a song about nothing. <laughs> so... It is the Seinfeld of songs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I took those ahs and turned them into yes. Sometimes it is kind of liberating to give yourself permission to take the easy way out. Oh, yeah. Which is not to say that that's even, like, the wrong thing to do. For sure. It's just this, like, I'm going to make the conscious decision to to let this song be what it is and not try to make it something it's not. Absolutely. And it was a good excuse to make it a continuation of a running bit that we had yeah um for those who don't know lauren and i worked together at multiple places but uh most prominently (laughs) most notably most notably at boot and saddle uh as servers for a couple of years and we had a running bit with uh the manager there who's still the manager gina fucking gina fucking gina uh who would fake fire us all the time (laughs) at least we think it was fake uh it was pretty fake. It was pretty fake. She's a Gemini. So is Lauren. I mean, I'm also a Gemini. <laughs> but we, in our first music video for a song drop out of college, we, it was set up around a fake show that we played there, and Gina came into the green room and fired us. And um, I took this, writing this song about nothing is an opportunity to um, bemoan the common nonsense problems of, like, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do anything. But it's very relatable because of how common it is. Yeah. Who hasn't felt that? I feel that way pretty much every morning. Every day. Um, And so at the end of the first verse, we actually had Gina come in to the studio and record the line, you're fired. Um, So it would be true to to reality. True to life. Art reflects life. Exactly. Life reflects art. I think that was like one of uh like the one like one of the best consistent bits that we have put into multiple uh pieces of art that we have made. Gina firing us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cuz I just think it's it's very funny to us anyway. Right. <laughs> um and then for the music video for this song, we did a split screen video uh which followed Lawrence and my life uh, in mirror with mm-hmm. each other. Um, each going to our job, each coming home and trying to find the other person in the same home where we actually lived together at the time uh, and meeting up together at the end in the basement just to practice mm-hmm. um, because that was like, you know, the whole point is I don't want to do anything but but this bullshit with you. Yeah. Uh, that's the podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We've come full circle. We figured it out. Uh, but... We get fired in the music video, um, each of us by different Gina's. (laughs) (laughs) Alternate universe Gina's where she is our boss at two different jobs. (laughs) And fires us at the same time. And it's very good. And then winds up playing the drums in our band in our basement. (laughs) Yeah. Another real life example of Gina firing us and us just taking it all the way. Yeah. Must have been what, December 2017? It was cold. It was, like, December 2017, we were playing a show at Lava Space, and 
Gino was going to fill in on drums for the bit. But then one of our other regular drummers, Jeremy, realized that they could actually play. And so we wanted to have both of them. And we started the show with Gina. (laughs) And we realized halfway through that we were finally in the position of power. (laughs) And so we fired Gina (laughs) (laughs) mid-set. We like like faked an argument. That was actually like, you know, under every fake argument. Well, you know, like under every fake argument was it was a pre planned argument. Right. Let's just say that. Right. It was a pre planned argument and then Vaguely scripted. Gina would get fed up and and be like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I quit and then throw her drumsticks down and leave the stage. Then we'd be like, Well now what do we do? We don't have a drummer. And then it was Jeremy to the rescue. And, and Jared would say, I'm a drummer, <laughs> and I just happen to know all your songs. <laughs> and then we finished the set with Jeremy drumming. Mm-hmm. And then we played I'd Rather Not Last, and Gina came up and said, you're fired into the mic. <laughs> That's honestly, like, uh, if we're going, like, on the scale of coping skills, elaborate bits. Uh, it's top five. It's, like, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Maybe uh, even top three. Yeah. Trying to, like, one-up the the bit, too. Yeah. <laughs> what will we think of next? Yeah, exactly. And this is where I put it. Sponsored ad. If I had one. Sorry. Lost the happy. But the happy's back. Okay, so then you had you had the bass line. You had the Oz. What was after that? We were working on the drums. You said, fuck it. I'm playing the chords. Yeah. Played the chords. Making it. We, we very decisively were like, this is going to be... Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, outro, chorus. Very standard rock formula. Yeah. And then in that same vein, because the chords are kind of simple, the song structure is kind of simple, all the parts were kind of simple, let's just make the lyrics simple too. Why stress? Why stress? Why make things harder for yourself? Mm -mm. So then, well, you had already kind of had the idea of like, wanting the song to just kind of be like, I don't want to go to work. I'd rather just stay home and do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then with the video, we just really took it all the way. Took it all the way. As we are wont to do. Yeah. And made it such a true representation of the lives that we were living at the time. We recorded um, Lauren's Getting Fired at the studio where they actually work. Mm-hmm. Um as I said, we recorded it at the house that we were both living in and, like, looked for each other in each other's actual bedrooms. Just and wanted to jam. Yeah. Just wanted to play my songs yeah. with my friend. Yeah. After I say the line in the song, uh, I just want to play my songs with my friend, Lauren says that's me. That's my favorite part of the whole video. Yeah. Because when we, like, worked it out where we, like, you're like, I just want to play my songs with my friends. And then I, like, look over to you on the other screen and I'm like, it's me. <laughs> I just find that so funny. Yeah, it was cute. Um, <laughs> our our dear, other dear friends of ours, uh, Jack Papineer and Caleb Kendrelli, recorded, um, edited, made the whole music video with us, and it had come up with like a really in depth treatment and took the process really seriously, even under the time constraints that we were working yeah. on. There's a shot list. There were locations. There's you know, multiple locations. There's uh, they the- did like a like a storyboard thing, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Like drew out the, I don't know. It was amazing. They had to film Lauren riding their bike out of the back of my car. Yeah, I have a really good picture on my Instagram that I took while riding, not while riding the bike, while I was sitting on the bike of 
Jack and Caleb uh, hanging out the window, hanging out the back of your car, and then you in the driver's seat driving it while I was riding behind you. Mm-hmm. I'm also thinking too, like you don't even have that car anymore. No, and you wouldn't R. even R. be able car. to do it. Really, I don't think. I don't know. I feel like a lot of planets aligned where we like managed to have like everything that we needed to make everything happen just between the four of us yeah and gina we were in the perfect place at the perfect time Mm -hmm. to make that video yeah today i found that um in our evernote folder yeah we had music video ideas for the record sponsor us evernote and for this video i had written coping skills and the terrible horrible no good very bad day which I think really sums Which is it up. literally what it was. That's what it was. But the thing too is that it's like literally uh, nothing actually particularly terrible happens. It's just the the terribleness of everyday life. Well, we did get fired. Yeah, but that might be a blessing in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> we got fake fired. And neither of us work there anymore. That's true. But uh, we both we both quit quit on our uh, own terms on our own volition. Yeah. Yeah. Not fired. Correct. No matter how many times. Gina actually said the words, you're fired, <laughs> to both of us. <laughs> we went our own way. So I want to backtrack a little bit to the actually writing the lyrics. Yeah. Because there's the verses, just simple, I don't want to go to work today. I just want to stay home and play songs with my friends. But when you got to the chorus, there's one lyric. Just one. And it is, yeah. Over and over and over, over and over again. again. I actually want to ask you if that was like an intentional, fuck it, like, let's not write a chorus or... If the, like, using the yeah wasn't intentional. More more an intentional thing instead of just, like, having a placeholder for no words. You know what I mean? It was a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. As we heard, I had the the melody as Oz. Mm-hmm. And I think at one point I just switched it over. Yeah, because that was the chorus melody that you were singing in that in that exactly. memo. The um, chorus memo. I feel like at one point, while struggling too hard to try to write the chorus, mm-hmm. well, I know... And remember, guys, this was like 2016, 2017. I had, a, I had a moment where I was like, if Jesse Lacey can do it, so can I. Because Brand New has a song where the whole chorus is just the word, yeah. Is that and the one that goes... It's sewing season? Is that, oh, is that, that, that's not sewing season. I don't, I don't know what melody you're playing. There's a guitar line and it goes. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't listened to Brand New in a couple of years. I know. Just ever since he's uh, been canceled. Yeah, since he has been rightfully canceled. But what's the song that they have that has the yeah chorus? It's called Sewing Season. Parentheses. Oh, you did just say that. Yeah. Um. Originally, we were gonna call the song "If Jesse Lacey Can Do It, Then So Can I." Parentheses. Yeah. And then, uh, we thought better of it. Yeah. After we heard some things. Yeah. And we could have, in theory, just put, because I know... We talked about doing Kurt Cobain. Because Nirvana has a song where the chorus is just him singing, yeah. But that felt a little bit disingenuous, because that wasn't where the idea came from. Mm -hmm. And it was probably just better in the end to call it I'd rather not. Yeah. Because that does, you know, encapsulate the whole vibe of the song. Absolutely. first lyric. That's really what it is. Yeah. Also, the parentheses, yeah, great for SEO. The first lyric of each verse. Mm-hmm. It's really the whole theme mm-hmm. of the song. We love our crank theme. Mm-hmm. But... I do actually... I was thinking about this uh, when I was listening to that episode of Song Exploder earlier today about closing time. I was listening to today, about too! About how closing time uh, is like the beginning of every line in the verse is just him going closing time. 
Mm-hmm. I never realized like how like how much that repetition like helps help you like vibe with the song. Yeah. Helps you like remember it. In the same way that like, you know, when the chorus is repeated in a song, that's the part you always remember. Totally. But if you can work that repetition into the verses, it has the same effect. Yeah. And it's very cool. Mm-hmm. And in the same vein, how they called it closing time and closing time is the line that repeats the whole time. I'd rather not is the line that repeats in the verses of I'd rather not. Right. Because we could just call it yeah, but. We could. That's not. We could have done that. That's kind of the opposite of what the song yeah. is about. Yeah. Yeah is such an emphatic. I mean, it's yes, you know. <laughs> the whole it song we're yes. saying, no, 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 God, no. no. Please don't make ah, me do it. God, this. no. <laughs> Fuck this shit. No, no, absolutely not. Which I guess is kind of funny that. The chorus is, yeah, yeah, rather than, mm-hmm. no, no. But it doesn't quite have the same ring to it. No, you can't sing, no. no. I mean, you could. You but... could. It just would be a whole other song. Yeah. It wouldn't really work. Yeah. And then the way we did it with the gang vocals. And of oh, course, yeah. you got to like, you got to make it, make it real lush. Make it so that a lot of people are yelling along. Yelling along. Yeah, this was the first album that we recorded with other people people um throughout our entire i mean the only thing that we've recorded with other people really throughout our entire career since we have the the skill set mm-hmm. we've just recorded everything ourselves but um when we made worse new music we really wanted to try to branch out and see what the process would be like if we had other minds in the room mm-hmm. um, and we had a really great experience recording with evan bernard and chris baglivo at uh, big mama's um, and they really brought a lot to the table on recording this, I think. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, well, I think I actually, like, remember, like, different things they did in, in other songs on that record. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of, like, what, was it their idea to do, the, like, the gang vocals? I feel like Yeah, we, the, the pup-style vocals. Yeah, 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 that's, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, yeah, that the pup, <laughs> it's, like, a very good way of describing it, though. If the you've pup ever, gang if vocals. If you ever listened to a pup song. Yeah. The band pup. Right. Um. They do a lot of those like gang vocally things. Because we did different layers where we would stand a certain distance close to the mic and record a couple takes and then stand a couple more feet back and record a couple takes. Yeah, get and that stand natural reverb. Yeah, feet back. So it sounds like there's a lot of people in a in a crowd and some are close to you and some are far from you and they're all mm-hmm. yelling, yelling together. the same thing. Yeah, exactly. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And that was I know that was a that was a technique that, that they kind of brought to the table. Totally. Um of trying to work work in different, you know, different space, mm-hmm. different layers in that way, uh, instead of us just, like, layering, yeah, being right up against the mic. Absolutely. Like, it does it Or does even just, like, far back from the mic only. Yeah. yeah. It was really nice to add that you know, texture. Angles and levels, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Proximity effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah. Just, oh. It's like the... I'm going to say this. I'm going to totally butcher this. But That's fine. It has something to do with, like, closeness to the mic. Like, if you're closer, it picks up more of the lower, bassier tones mm. in your voice. And if you're further back, it gets more of the high range, I mm. think. MJ, if you're listening to this and I'm wrong, please send us an email. Don't quote us on that. Send uh, me a text and be like, I taught you nothing in I feel school. like that checks out, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That was, I think that was, a, that was a, uh, some great input. It's interesting to think about how... That you know, it probably would have been similar, mm-hmm. um, but also different if we had just done that ourselves. Instead yeah, of working with other people. Do you want to talk about the um, 
fun auxiliary percussion that you brought to the table. Okay, so one time, this is the backstory, one time I had tweeted something like, uh, I love vibra slaps, someone get me a vibra slap for Christmas. And then Rachel did, and so it put the uh, vibra slap on the song. And it's great. Yes. <laughs> If you don't know what a Vibraslap is, it sounds like a sex toy. It's but it not. is not. I thought it was going to be one, which was the <laughs> most shocking part of all. Because I was like, Lauren would not want that. Certainly not advertise that on the internet. No, that's <laughs> totally out of character for you. And I was like, no, no. But I did a quick a... Google search. It yeah. still kind of looks like it could be it... <laughs> with the ball at the end. But Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it is indeed a musical instrument. Yeah, you hold it and you and you then you hit the ball and it makes kind of like a I want to say like a like a rattlesnakey yeah. sound. Yeah, I know it's a very it's it's a rattle. It's it a rattle. It sounds rattly, mm-hmm. but it's very specific when you hear like you know in movies if there's a rattlesnake and then they shake their tail and it's like a you know. <laughs> but it's a yeah. I think they're very funny. I think the way they're shaped is funny. I think the way they sound is funny. I think, I think the name is funny. I think the name is funny. I think the way you play it is funny, where you just like hold it with one hand and then just hit it with the other. I have a great photo of you in, hitting in it. In action. Um, for, I forget what even, but it wasn't recording it for the record. Yeah. It was definitely recording independently for some other track that we made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I also think like once you know what one sounds like, you will hear it in a lot of songs that you listen to. Absolutely. Um, it's great, like, a lot of times it'll be either at the end of a line or at the beginning of a line yeah. for emphasis of some kind, you know, for comedic effect even sometimes. It could, like, replace a cymbal crash sometimes. Yeah, because I think the way we did it was just at the end of the verse. We hit it leading into the chorus. Is that correct? Yeah, but we only did it after the first verse. It's actually... It's a nice yeah. little accent after Genus is You're Fired. Here, take a listen. I love it every time. It never ceases to bring a smile to my face. Because, like, in that, in that instance, right, it's a good, like, uh, percussive thing to kind of lead you out of the verse and into the chorus Mm -hmm. but also like that's the punchline yeah and that just like emphasizes the punchline which i also think i love i love it (laughs) i love an instrument that you can use in music that will like elicit a laugh Mm -hmm. in almost any context and also how like it it is like almost always used like like no one uses that in serious music Mm, you mean we don't make serious music? I mean... I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> the song is all about the joke. Well, yeah, we can, you know, I think we take our music seriously. And that we... the point is to have a good time. Exactly, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Serious and we're very about serious about fun. having a good time. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a great, uh, it's a great use of the vibra slap. I'm glad we worked it into that song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great punchline. You got to hear the... Classic Gina, you're fired. <laughs> Classic Rachel, ugh, again. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I'm glad that I can still hear that and still get a kick out of it. Yeah, you it's know? nice. You have a little distance it a- from it, and then you come back, and it just warms your heart. Yeah, because I feel like we haven't, you know, played that in a while. I haven't listened to those songs in a while. Mm-hmm. And, like, going back to it, I'm still like, you know what? 
That's funny. <laughs> I'm glad we did that. I'm glad we did it. Yeah. And then when we when we started making this podcast, we thought about writing a new song as the theme song. Mm-hmm. And there is still a chance that at some point we may do that. But we kind of came to a consensus that we already had a semi-perfect song for it in this. Because you could just replace I Would Rather Stay Home and Play My Songs With My Friends with I Would Rather Stay Home and Record My Podcast With My Friends. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. And it really just like fits in the line easy, you know? Yeah, we could we could chop it up for, for a good intro. We could... Next time we play a show... Yeah. I should say that instead. <laughs> what? I would stay home so and record my podcast with my, with my friends. friends. <laughs> That's how we have to self-advertise the podcast. And then we can go, more talk, less rock. <laughs> That's great advertising. That's great advertising, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> if we're not going to talk about our podcast, who else is going to? I don't think anyone else is going no. to. But I'll talk about it all day long. And we do. And we do. Um, but yeah, just the sentiment of, I don't want to do this other shit. I just want to have a good time with my buddy. If we just kept this the theme song and never actually wrote a new one, I think that would be fine. I would be okay with that. If we come up with a good idea for a new one, maybe we'll put it in there. Yeah. But for now, you're stuck with this. I think it works. And now, here is the song, I'd Rather Not, parentheses, yeah, by, you guessed it, Coping Skills, in its entirety. (laughs) Because we can. (laughs)
Rachel, do you want to play a game? You know I'm always down to play a game. Uh, we're gonna play a game. Is it my favorite game? It sure is. Great. It's tie yourself. Yes. <laughs> it's time. What will it be today, Lauren? Well, hit me with it. We have a we have a list. Mm-hmm. We have a list of ideas that have been running for this. List is old as time. <laughs> Adding it to the all the time. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I keep looking at a new one that I think would be good also. All right. Um, but I think I'm going to keep it pretty classic. Okay. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby. Great. From Scooby-Doo. Great. I was hoping we would get here. And I think what might be an interesting exercise, uh-huh. if this is not difficult enough, we could it's go through- a hard one. We could go through pairings of all the characters on Scooby-Doo. How, how so? Like Daphne and Velma. Oh. Or Fred and Daphne. Or Fred and himself. Or Fred and himself. <laughs> or Velma and Shaggy. Or, okay. I don't know, Scooby and Shaggy are the only ones that go together. But They're the ones that really go well, together. Well, the only ones that like I would pair Scooby with. I, was, I would pair Scooby with Shaggy. Yeah. Huh. This is, you know why this one's hard? Why? Because we're not really either of them. (laughs) That's what makes it so challenging. Um, Like, like if it was Daphne and Velma. Yeah. I'd be Daphne and you'd be Velma. Yes. Right? I think. I think so. How so? Um, Well, maybe not. Maybe it's not as simple as... Because that's, that's my These aren't my tropes thing. that we fall into. I know. I'm actually kind of a Fred. But the game is that we box ourselves in, so we mm-hmm. have to do it. All right. Well, Are you a Fred? How do you think you're a Fred? His, his arrogance. And- well, that's my thing. Well, like, when I think of Fred, really all I think about is, like, he's, like, arrogant and also vain. Yeah, and- I'm those things. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, not to his extent, I don't think. No, 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 but- no. Maybe on the whole, kind of a at a, least if we're comparing a to Velma me, Fred, I think you have a little more arrogance and a little more vanity. Than absolutely, I do. absolutely. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of it. That's what it is. Nor should you be. No. Uh, well, maybe maybe we turn this into if we were to be any uh, anybody in the gang, who would we be? Who would we be? I mean, I think overall, Shaggy and Scooby is a false dichotomy. <laughs> uh, I think. Oh, I, well, we're saying the gang, but my brain immediately went to the um, Zombie Island movie. Okay, uh, so I will, I the, will say like, that like the vixen, my uh, lures them out. Almost the entirety of my exposure to Scooby Doo is from the live action movies. Oh wow, where uh, Matthew Lillard plays Shaggy. Oh yeah, and uh, fucking what's her face, Sarah Michelle Gellar is Daphne. And Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, Fred. And, uh, I love that Freddie played Linda, Fred. Linda Cardellini. Yes. And uh, I don't know who voiced Scooby. Uh, but that's like, I like never really watched the cartoons. Really? But I've seen. This would make this especially difficult there were two, for you. There were two live action movies, right? Yes. There was definitely two. Okay. Yeah. I've seen both of those. They were wild rides from start to finish. Absolutely. Uh, I think, well, were you going to say. I, I was like talking about a very on. specific um, non-live action movie. Okay. But you have not seen. So it will make no sense whatsoever. What were you, what were you gonna say? Well, there's like the movie Zombie Island where they like are in Louisiana and they meet this beautiful woman in the market who kind of lures them out to this plantation. Classic trope. 
where there are zombies. <laughs> So that she can make oh, voodoo. Oh, at the zombie plantation? Yeah. <laughs> you don't say. So that they can be made into voodoo dolls to keep the zombies alive. Something like that. It's been a long time. It's pretty grim. Yeah. But I I, I, I think I'm her. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Not really, but that's where my brain went. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of a Velma. Yeah. With some big Fred energy. Yeah. Velma's the... Um, the the like bookish one right yes Daphne is the one who's like she's the hot girl I think maybe I'm a little bit I know I say that but I feel like I'm a little bit Velma yeah I feel like that that uh uh you know feeds into my like Ravenclawness oh yes you know I think of all the Scooby Doo characters you're definitely like, the most Velma yeah maybe I'm Velma Shaggy oh. and you are Velma, Velma Fred. Fred okay. Yeah. With a splash of Daphne? Splash of Daphne. Just like, just like a little flirty. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of vibe with that. Yeah. Okay, so we've changed, we've changed the game a little bit. Yeah, but it's our game, so we can make the rules. we have, not really, because we have tagged ourselves. Yeah. The whole point is to just tag ourselves. I actually did, side note, when I was, in my one semester at Syracuse, I, a group of people from my floor built Halloween costumes around a one of the kids having a Scooby costume Mm -hmm. and b me claiming already that my friend Ryan just looks like Shaggy (laughs) so all of us dressed up as the the mystery gang and I was Daphne that makes sense but compared to the person who could have been Velma I was more Daphne than her yeah so I want to know who uh went to their first semester of college and was packing up their stuff and was like and you know maybe got to the point where they got to their their scooby-doo costume Uh and they had the thought you know what i'm gonna need this Um, yeah and then they packed it up he sure did took it with him he was the only one out of our like group who wasn't really friends with the rest of us either oh no trying to go off and do his own thing and our costume didn't make sense about it no, I feel like if you do those costumes right, <laughs> even if you don't have a Scooby, people would be able to tell. Yeah, but it's still like, without the dog. I don't know. I vibe with that, though. Yeah. I feel like I would want to be a person who just, like, has a costume and just, like, you're that person. Mm-hmm. And- I don't <laughs> think you would actually want that. Because then people are going to want things from you. And well, what's no, worse just than like, that? Just like every Halloween, like you have your Halloween costume right. and then you just wear your Halloween. Like Ron Swanson in the every episode of Parks and Rec over uh, Halloween. Where he's, he's the like, pirate. He's, yeah, and he's like, he's like, where's your part last year? And you're like, yo, this is my Halloween costume. Yeah. <laughs> I do vibe with that. I want that. You should do that. <laughs> Maybe. I have to find something good enough, though, hmm. that I can do it every year and it'll be okay. It will never get old. Maybe I just have to, uh, you know, it's all about the energy, the way you carry yourself. Absolutely. And you carry yourself like a Velma. And so do I. Way to bring it around town. (laughs) Brought it right back around. Right around town. Right around. All right. Yeah, I think we solved it. We did it. (laughs) Put that mystery in the bag. Would have gotten away with it too if we weren't for you meddling kids. I was going to say like... uh, You meddling listeners. Yeah, maybe like... You're the whole mystery gang, and then, like, I'm, like, the person who's always trying to, like, fuck shit up that gets stopped every time. <laughs> like, if we're feeling that dichotomy, like... I feel like we like the, the, roll the, reversal Like, the monster there. who's always actually just, like, a person in a mask. Just being, like, you damn Just kids. trying to, like, fuck some shit up and it <laughs> keeps being stopped. I don't know. I think we did a good job. I think we did great. 
If you have a suggestion for the next thing we can tag ourselves as, please send us an email at moretalklessrock at gmail.com. Because we love playing this game and we like more opportunities to do so. We'll keep doing it anyway, but having your suggestions would help. Yes. Thank you. We'll add them to the list. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of More Talk, Less Rock. We would do it even if you weren't listening, but knowing that you're listening makes it all the more fun. It does make it more fun, I think. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we're just out here writing it, recording it, editing it, producing it, mixing it, releasing it. Have no idea the effort that we put into to make this it. thing that no one asked us to make, but we're doing it anyway. <laughs> and we're sure having a blast. <laughs> I'm Lauren. And I'm Rachel. And, and we're, we're just happy to be here. here. Uh, I'm just looking at the notes here that we wrote about stuff we wanted to talk about for this song, <laughs> and at the very bottom, you just wrote, To Gina, Too Furious. Would you like to elaborate on that? I thought you would just get a kick out of it. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a little tricky okay, for I you. Did. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> that was just for you. Oh, thank you. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs>